Hello, and welcome to our third episode of our Let's Talk Vape podcast series, where we post new episodes discussing topics surrounding the somewhat controversial subject of vaping every month on our YouTube channel. We are prevention specialists with the Alcohol and Other Drug Department from Helpline Youth Counseling. My name is Lauren. Uh, my name is Gabby. Hey, everyone. My name is Kafila. So for this month's episode, we will be debunking some common myths about the use of vapes. We will be breaking down this month's podcast episode into three parts. This is part two of the debunking vaping myths podcast episode. If you haven't already checked out part one and you'd like to uh, go back and do that. So who are we? So um, as I mentioned before, we are from Helpline Youth Counseling, a nonprofit organization that seeks to enhance the well-being in the youth in their, and their families uh, through counseling, education, and the utilization of community resources. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, our handle is AOD uh, underscore or AOD prevention underscore HYC. Um, on there is where we post uh factual information about drugs and alcohol. Uh, we also promote our uh, upcoming events and workshops on there. Um, and this is also where we uh, promote our new podcast episodes. So if you'd like to follow us, please do. Um, we started this podcast series because we wanted to create a space uh, where we can discuss our opinions, share our research, and hopefully influence others to not engage in drug and alcohol use. Um, but with that being said, we are not here to tell you what to do or how to live your life. Uh, we're simply trying to provide people with knowledge and resources in order for them to make the best possible decisions for themselves. Um, so I would also like to note that we are not licensed health professionals um, and everything that we talk about is not intended to be a substitute for uh, professional medical device, advice or um, uh, diagnoses or uh, treatment. Uh, we're only here to share our opinions based on the research that we have done. Um, always seek, uh, be sure to always seek uh, the advice of your physician or other qualified health providers uh, with any other questions you may have regarding uh, like vaping or smoking um, or treatment for vaping or a cigarette addiction. Um, but with that, let's dive into uh, debunking some common myths about vaping. Let's just dive right into it. So myth number three, um, which is actually very common amongst users and just the general public. So vapes produce water vapor, which is harmless. So um, this is definitely a myth. Um, there's been tons of research done, um, tons of studies done that have looked into what actually is included um, in e-cigarettes. And commonly are some of the things that you see in this upper left-hand corner um, photo. This is actually released by the CDC. And so some of the common um, chemicals that are found in e-cigarettes. So one, we all know nicotine. I think by now um, the general public has um, a good idea based on, you know, what the CDC has put out, American Lung Association. We know that nicotine um, is definitely harmful to the body. So we know that it can lead to respiratory diseases. Um, we know that it can lead to heart disease, um, cancers, it's a carcinogen. So um, as a baseline understanding, I think we understand that nicotine is definitely harmful to the body. But what about those other chemicals that we probably don't hear about often, or probably either one don't even know how to pronounce or know what they are. So for example, ultra-fine particles. What does that even mean? Um, so when people are vaping, there are very, very fine particles that can enter into, into the body and kind of attach to the lungs. Um, and those things are also called carcinogens as well um, because it can lead to, car um, to cancer and then also other respiratory diseases. 
Um, and then what about volatile organic compounds? What does that even mean? So um, that's basically just a fancy way to say man-made chemicals. So chemicals that are used in things like um, refrigerants or paints um, or things that are added into certain chemicals for um, pharmaceuticals. So drugs, basically. Um, and then you have cancer-causing chemicals. All of these things are cancer-causing chemicals, uh, many carcinogens, and they can cause cancer. Um, one of the um, most common, which is lung cancer, when you connect it to e-cigarettes. Um, and then you have heavy metals, such as nickel, tin, and lead. Um, and we all know that these things are not great um, in big portions or in big varieties in our bodies. And so you also have diacetyl. And that is actually what... Um, the chemical that is used to create the flavoring. So how do you create that apple flavor? How do you create that cotton candy flavor? So it's just a mixture of diacetyl and other chemicals. Um, and so again, the common myth is that vaping is, is just harmless water vapor or that it's not really um, having such an impact on the body. And you know, it's interesting. I think it's because, um, you know, e-cigarettes don't smell like traditional cigarettes. Um, and so, you know, that smell that traditional cigarettes has, um, it's not really appeasing um, unless, you know, you are the user, but I, I don't think that the common, um, the common public would agree that cigarettes smell good. So I think because e-cigarettes kind of don't give off that traditional cigarette smell um, and it's kind of just either tastes like the, or it smells like the flavoring, um, or it doesn't smell like anything. People often think that it's just harmless water vapor, which is the common myth, but um, definitely there's a bunch of um, serious chemicals in it, which when combined can definitely cause things like respiratory disease, again, heart disease, lung cancer, um, and things like that. So it's definitely very harmful to the body. Um, and I think that's something that is our next step in having the common public understand. I know we, that we know that nicotine is harmful, but um, do we really know what these e-cigarettes are doing to our bodies? And those are just some of the few chemicals that um, are most common amongst the board when it comes to e-cigarettes. Um, and something that I think is our next step in trying to have the public be aware of. Uh, you mentioned that there's various flavors. So would you say that certain flavors are more harmful than others? Um, that's a very good question, Gabby. I think that um, because diacetyl is used to create all of the flavoring, I, I don't quite know the scientific answer to it. Um, but in my opinion, I would think that because diacetyl is used to create all flavoring, um, I would say I don't think that there's quite much of a difference. But if there are more flavors that need, let's say, um, more chemicals or a mixture of more chemicals than others, I would say that would probably be the most harmful. Now, I don't know which chemical that is or which yeah. flavoring that is, but um, I will say diacetyl altogether is a very um, bad chemical when ingested or, you know, when put into our bodies, it can definitely be fatal and cause lung disease and um, cancer and things like that, especially when builds up over a long period of time. But as far as which flavor, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know exactly which one. That's a great question though. So kind of like off that question, Vila, do you have like, or in your opinion, do you believe that there is one um, chemical that has been found in these e-juices e uh, that is more dangerous or like the most dangerous? Um, what do you think about that? Um, well, I know you earlier kind of touched on propylene glycol. So that one definitely as well. But honestly, in my opinion, I would say nicotine because 
I think it's the most advertised, but for a, for a very good reason, because it does cause more than just lung disease. It does cause more than just respiratory disease. Um, and I think it honestly is the most, um, harmful because of all the different kind of, um, impacts that it can have on your body. I mean, besides, um, the combination of different chemicals like diacetyl and butane and all these, you know, volatile organic compounds, these fancy words, um, besides the the combination of all those things, I would definitely probably say nicotine um, and then a close second diacetyl. Yeah, and I actually kind of wanted to touch back on when you mentioned like that you said because it smells good, you, people would think it's harmless. It just kind of reminds right. you of like lotions and hand sanitizer. It's just like uh, attractive to the and like to the public. If it smells good, oh, I want to be around it. Or and then right. that's how you create secondhand smoke. Yeah. And I think that's also, um, that's a great, that's a great point there. And I think it's also a way to advertise to, um, unfortunately to, to young people. And I think that's the bad thing about it. You know, you have cotton candy flavor and you have, um, sweet apple and things like that. So I think it's, um, it's definitely a way to target a certain audience, which sucks. And is kind of unfortunate because, um, the impact that these things have on, um, the adolescent body and, you know, the youth body is actually pretty bad. Um, but yeah, so people, the common myth is that people think that just because, you know, it's just water vapor that it doesn't really have an impact. It kind of leads me into, um, another myth. And so Gabby, I know you just mentioned that, um, it people, most people think that it doesn't cause secondhand smoke. Um, so that is another common misconception is that vape does not cause secondhand smoke. Um, I think it most importantly, just to start, um, we should probably understand what secondhand smoke is. So let's say if you have a traditional cigarette, um, and the burning of the tip of the actual cigarette and what happens when someone exhales, all the chemicals that are, um, involved in that process, that is what the secondhand smoke basically is. Um, that's what you smell when, um, you know, someone's smoking a traditional cigarette. Um, but secondhand smoke definitely does occur when someone is using an e-cigarette. Um, but then again, the smell and all of that is probably what causes the misconception. Um, but the, the reality of it is that it's definitely, um, harmful. So it's not quite secondhand smoke, but it's secondhand aerosol. So the aerosol within e-cigarettes is what causes that. Uh, water vapor texture, what causes that cloud basically. And it's basically what people are inhaling. Um, and so when you have someone who's smoking an e-cigarette, everyone who's basically a bystander to it or who's in the vicinity, um, when they're inhaling what the user is exhaling, that's basically called passive vaping. And so you're not actually vaping yourself, um, but because you're in the vicinity and the air that you're breathing is including that aerosol, it's including that um, diacetyl, it has that um, those chemicals in it, you're also inhaling it. Um, so that is, um, definitely the reality behind it, behind that common misconception. Um, and another interesting thing. So e-cigarettes, like how Lauren, um, covered earlier cannot be used in all spaces. Um, and it, it definitely, besides just exposing it to, or exposing bystanders to secondhand aerosol, um, it definitely makes enforcement of smoke-free policies difficult. So when you have these community organizations or when you have um, agencies who are trying to fight for smoke-free policies, um, it makes it definitely makes it harder because people have these common misconceptions that um, there is no secondhand smoke. It's just water vapor. So it definitely makes it more difficult um, because the common 
there, uh, because of these common misconceptions. And then it also influences the accessibility to um, tobacco usage. And so it makes people think that, you know, it's not that harmful. You know, we, we can do it. You know, it's just simple. Like we can, you're walking through the mall. You, you, you don't smell it like a traditional cigarette. Um, you don't need a designated area to go and smoke it. So, you know, um, a lot of these things just make it difficult um, to promote um, health and wellness when it comes to tobacco and nicotine usage. Uh, but something that's also pretty important to know, an interesting statistic that we found is that 45% of adults um, don't think that, you know, e-cigarettes are harmful or the secondhand aerosol from e-cigarettes is harmful to children. But we know, we definitely know that the brain doesn't finish developing until 25 years old. So um, if you're smoking an e-cigarette around adolescence or youth or, you know, even in general, just secondhand aerosol in general, it doesn't matter if it's adolescence or youth, but especially them, they're definitely vulnerable to um, the secondhand aerosol and the impacts of that, um, along with women who are pregnant. Um, and other vulnerable populations like those who have respiratory um, compromising illnesses. So it's definitely secondhand smoke does exist in e-cigarettes and it's definitely a new field for research and research is coming out, you know, every day and it's and it's and it's very fairly recent in the scientific world, but definitely is leaning towards the not so good side. So that's definitely something that we're finding. And so how many feet do you think is enough to not be exposed to secondhand smoke? Um, great question, Gabby. So when I was doing a little bit of research, I found that um, 20 feet is, is, is the span. So let's say if someone is smoking e-cigarette, a traditional cigarette, um, to be within 20 feet or further is best. Um, I My personal opinion is if you can smell it, you should, you should probably get a little further, but, um, that's, that's what research says is 20 feet, um, is good. So kind of off of like what you were talking about with, uh, the secondhand smoke of, um, from vapes, I was wondering, I remember seeing some research or doing some research on, um, secondhand smoke also affecting pets. Have you found anything on that or? Yeah, that's also very interesting. So, um, it's funny that just like humans, um, pets can also have respiratory illnesses. Um, they can also have disease, uh, diseases when it comes to nicotine and secondhand smoke and things like that. And research actually does find that that is the reality. So um, they can actually um, acquire different respiratory illnesses um, of their nasals, of their um, respiratory systems and things like that. So they can also... Um, be impacted by secondhand smoke, which is interesting. So a lot of maybe um, pet owners don't know that. So if they, if we have 45% of the general population of adults thinking that it doesn't impact children, I'm pretty sure they're not thinking about their pets either. So I would definitely say um, that that's a, that's a good question that you ask, Lauren. That's so sad because yeah, the poor little innocent pets, pets, they don't, they don't want to smoke these six, but they don't know that 20 feet is enough. Yeah. yeah, they don't know. Um, but great questions. We kind of been talking a lot about the different, you know, misconceptions that people have. Um, and I want to really talk about, you know, what the impact is, but I'll go ahead and hand it over to Gabby um, to talk about that. This brings us to the end of our part 
two of our Debunking Vaping Myths podcast episode. If you would like to listen to Gabby debunk the myth that vaping isn't as bad for you as smoking traditional cigarettes, head to part three of our Debunking Vaping Myths podcast episode. If you have any questions regarding this episode, feel free to email me at lgraziani at hycinc.org. And if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, our Instagram handle is aodprevention underscore hyc. And again, we just wanted to note that we are not licensed health professionals and everything we discuss in this podcast episode is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Thank you all for listening and go check out part three of our debunking vaping this podcast episode.